Well, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ from the Conservative Congregational Christian Conference. <laughs> Got them all four out there. <laughs> Very pleased to be with you here today. I'm serving in my uh, ninth year as the regional minister for the conference. And in those nine years, there's been nothing but change. And all of these changes have been geared toward casting the vision on how our conference how our churches, how our pastors, how our parishioners can become better and more faithful disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We continue to implement ways that concentrate on disciples being multiplied in our communities. We started our changes by adopting a 4C way of life taking our instructions from Jesus himself as he gave us the great commandment, as he gave us the great commission. Our irreducible core is that we will love God and love others and make disciples along the way. Our commitment to disciple-making is reflected in all of our church planting, all of our church revitalization, all of our conference care initiatives. In addition, all of our recent seminars, our pastor's gatherings, and our annual meetings have concentrated on making of whole life disciples. Our 2014 annual meeting in Warwick, Rhode Island was with keynote speaker Ed Stetzer, who encouraged us to serve the Lord faithfully in these critical days and have missional ministries that will reach this generation for Christ. Our 2015 annual gathering this past summer in Rochester, New York, had the theme of being fully invested. And we heard from Neil Hudson of the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity on how to make whole life disciples. Our 2016 gathering this July will be in San Diego, California. And we'll have Bob Logan the church planting expert, with the theme, it is harvest time. Because it is harvest time. And folks, we're in the harvest field. There's no greater time or place for the harvest than right now in New England. Our entire 4C vision requires that in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ, we are making disciples who are in turn making other disciples. And that vision permeates all three of our ministry priorities of church planting, church revitalization, and conference care. And part of all that is to come together all over this nation as a fellowship, as we do each Sunday, and to worship the one true God as we are this morning. Worship is what we bring to God to thank him, to acknowledge that without him, we are nothing. All that we have is from him. The very air we breathe is his provision. Now, I myself have been working on acknowledging my gratitude to God each and every day, not just on Sunday, but Every day, 24-7, as opportunities arise. 
And one suggestion that came to me and I'm trying to implement in my own life is when people say, how are you? People say that every day, don't they? How are you? And we often respond with, uh, fine, yeah, good, thanks, doing well. We give those answers when it's a total lie. Even if our day is awful, we say we're doing fine. I suppose we assume the inquirer doesn't really want to know how our day's going. They're not interested in probably a litany of all that's going on with us. And sometimes maybe they're just being polite and asking. But I've come upon an answer that is truthful and is precise no matter how my day's going that day. If someone asks, how are you? I say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Even on my worst day, I'm grateful for something that God has done in my life. I might be grateful for just being on this side of the grass uh, today. I may be grateful that I have a roof over my head or clothes on my back or food to eat. But even if I have none of those things, I can be grateful that I know a God that loves me and cares for every single aspect of my life. So try that uh, sometime. Next time someone says, uh, make it a New Year's resolution. Oh, don't make New Year's resolutions, actually. Uh, just try it. <laughs> when someone says, how are you? Say, I'm grateful. Or say, I'm blessed. But be prepared. Because that could start an amazing conversation that gives you an opportunity to tell of a wonderful God that knows you and loves you wants the best for you. It'll give you the opportunity to discuss your faith in everyday situations and help you become a whole life disciple. In my position, I minister to the pastors and churches of denomination in the six New England states and, and then part of New York State. Within that area, we now have 120 churches, 250 credentialed pastors, five regional fellowships, and I work with eight representatives that co-labor with me for the conference. And many of our churches, so I can stay connected, will mail me their monthly newsletters and keep me up on what's going on in their churches. One of those newsletters had an inspiring message from their pastor, which was titled, Why Preach? Why Preach? It's important for us to continually ask that question as we continue to consider what God has called us to be and God has called us to do as we live out our faith. In answering the question, why preach, the pastor who wrote the article for his newsletter quoted Romans 10, 17. He said, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. The pastor goes on to say in that article that there is no substitute for being part of a worshiping body of followers of Jesus who together will hear God's word with the intention to put what they hear into action. Certainly you're blessed in this church as the pastors always preach the word of God. But to hear and respond to God's word is essential as we grow in our Christian faith and how we work out 
our discipleship. As I reflected on that article, my mind went to the time when Jesus was walking the earth. He had a following that sometimes would ebb and flow. Sometimes he was preaching to thousands on a mountainside and other times to just the the twelfth. But all the while, no matter how big the crowd, he poured the wonderful words of life into those followers. So they might become disciples. So they might put what they hear into action. In our passage today, which Peter read so wonderfully, thanks Peter, that was, that was great. Uh, we hear Jesus' words as he's preaching to his followers. And uh, just as we heard starting with verse 60 today, it says, on hearing it, Many of his disciples said, this this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and of life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And was Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the wonderful words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. As Jesus' teaching became more difficult, some of those who had been following him began to fall by the wayside. Jesus' popularity was beginning to wane with some. Perhaps some of the novelty had worn off. Perhaps with opposition rising, people were becoming afraid to be identified with this man of Galilee. Of course, Jesus knew some of them would never believe. Whatever the reason for the followers leaving Jesus, it was now a time of decision for those who were left. Time of recommitment. We face times like these in the church now. For whatever reason, people who were counted on as Christ followers, or or at the very least, uh, they were staunch churchgoers, stopped following. Stopped listening to the wonderful words of life that our preaching of God's word provides. Perhaps the teaching has become too difficult for them. Perhaps they realize if they were to truly follow Christ, they would have to change. Their lives would have to be transformed. They don't believe they can do that. And so they drift away from the church. 
But Jesus surveyed those who had deserted him. Then he asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? As it was so often, the brash one, Simon Peter, answered for all the rest, Lord, to whom can we go? Because you have the wonderful words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and to know that you're the Holy One of God. We face this in the church. People come, people go, and Christ asks, do you want to leave me too? And we have a decision to make. Peter got it right when he said to Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. And make no mistake about it, this is why hundreds of millions of people of every nationality, of every race, every color, bow at the name of Jesus. Because he has the words of eternal life. And these are the very words that we need. Jesus is the word that became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Down through the centuries, people have come and gone from the church, but those who have remained, like yourselves, know that only Christ offers eternal life. And there's no other place to go than to him. For years now, the, those not fully committed to Christianity in the church were called nominal Christians. Ed Stetzer, in his latest research, says that these nominals are now the nuns. N-O-N-E-S, nuns. Meaning they no longer claim a religious affiliation at all. And those percentages are no longer included in church attendance figures. Now, many people have taken this to mean that Christianity is declining. But he points out that such is not the case. His research shows that convictional Christianity is rather steady. And from 2007 to 2014, the number of evangelicals in America has risen from 59.8 million to 62.2 million. And I'm happy to report that the four C's mirrors this trend and that every year we're adding new churches and we're planting new works of God and we're credentialing new pastors every year. Because in our scripture today, the nominal Christians fell away from following Jesus. And it's been happening ever since. But Christianity continues to grow. So don't let anyone really tell you that Christianity is dying. What is dying since the fall is the world. We live in a dying world. Everything about it is dying. There's nothing in the world that stays the same. There's death and decay built into every particle of the universe. And when we're younger, we think life will go on forever. But as we get older, we see it isn't so. And as we get older, we start seeing changes in the world around us. And sometimes these changes are unwelcome. Friends or loved ones may die. Relationships die. Old neighborhoods die. Churches die. An entire way of life can die. 
Even when we're young, we can grow disillusioned with a world of uncertain values and unfulfilling lifestyles. Many young people today feel alone and afraid. Some feel shame because they're part of a culture that has embraced unhealthy forms of sexuality and alcohol and drug abuse. And so every one of us, young and old, needs to come to Jesus because he has those wonderful words of life. Words like these from Matthew 10, 29 through 31. He says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs on your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. And remember these words from John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. In a dying and a decadent world, Jesus reminds us that there's something more. Something of infinitely greater worth that awaits all who trust in him. Because he has the wonderful words of eternal life. His words remind us that even the smallest person's life can have a great impact on the world. Because if this world has meaning, if it is true that when the smallest sparrow falls from the sky, the Father is aware of it, doesn't that say that who you are and what we do is important, no matter what our limitations? Sadly, I've, I've heard people say that they don't believe that they'll ever do anything significant for God. And I believe that is a, a lack of faith. Because it's a lack of faith in what God can do through you. I'm here to tell you that even the smallest person in the kingdom of God is of infinite value. Even the person with the most severe limitations can impact others for Christ. In my position, I get to visit churches throughout the Northeast. Occasionally, a church that is struggling starts to feel defeated and they develop an attitude that says, uh, well, we're not a large church. We can't do much for God. That attitude needs to change to we're God's church and all things are possible through him who strengthens us. And I know that's a prevailing thought here. This is God's church. Anything can happen here. This is why the words of Jesus are so refreshing and they're so life-giving. Because he tells us that our lives matter. Now, I mention that because how we integrate our faith in our daily lives is going to determine the effectiveness of our witness for Christ. There's many people who have come to Christ after hitting rock bottom, and that's, that's a really good thing. We need to reach out to Christ as our Savior and Redeemer, regardless of where we are in our lives. But we can't stay 
at rock bottom. Because Jesus came to redeem us. We can come to him just as we are. Then we need to start growing as disciples. If we remain at our lowest point, we won't have a mature faith. And we won't be effective in reaching out to others and making disciples ourselves. Some of us had our most exciting moments of living out our faith back at the time of our conversion. But now there seems nothing as exciting or vibrant about our witness for Christ. Christ has too many followers who feel helpless, who feel defeated. Let Christ deliver you from your sin and fill you with a joy. Let him speak to you words of life about who you are and what he has done on your behalf. Recommit to our Lord Jesus Christ in a similar way when you first met him and made him the Lord of your life. I'm afraid many people identify themselves with Christ, but they, they don't go on to live transformed lives. And that could be because Christ's spirit, Christ's acceptance, Christ's empowerment have never penetrated their hearts. In our scripture for today, even with many falling away from Christ's ministry, the original disciples knew that they couldn't leave Jesus. Well, they had the the freedom to do so. But they wouldn't have the desire. Because in him, they had found light. They felt good in his presence so they could feel good about others. They felt pure in his presence so they could have pure motives in relating to others. They felt his love so they could be loving. Simon Peter answered for the rest. Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So where are you with Jesus today? How are you integrating your faith in your daily life? Are you transformed and live a life for Jesus? Some of us feel like sinners. We are, we are sinners, all of us. But Jesus has died for that sin. Some of us feel inadequate, and we're, we are in our own strength. But we don't take comfort in our abilities. We take comfort in his abilities. Some of us feel resentful. We wonder why life has not been more fulfilling. We wonder why we do not experience his goodness in our lives. Well, could it be? that we haven't opened ourselves completely to Christ? Could it be that we haven't completely listened to the words that he would say to us? Could it be that our spiritual and emotional immaturity is a result of our fear of total commitment to his purpose for our lives? And could it be that we have yet to truly believe and know that Jesus is the Holy One of God. Could it be that we've gotten lazy?
Could it be we're complacent? Could it be we no longer put him first in our lives? Some churchgoers' lives lack spiritual vitality, and they lack joy, and they lack life. I believe that reason is fear. Fear of total commitment to our Lord. A fear of the change involved to be more Christ-like and a refusal to hear and believe his wonderful words of life. So as that question was posed in the newsletter, why preach? The answer has to be that there's no substitute for being a part of a worshiping body of Christ who together will hear God's word but with the intention of putting what they hear into action when they leave. Because God's words are the wonderful words of life. And you must continue to preach those words of life to everyone who walks through these doors. And you need to preach those words to everyone you meet at work or at play or in the store or on the street. Revival starts when believers turn their hearts back to God. Let the revival begin today. Let it begin with you. Before I close this out in some prayer, let's uh, take a little time of silence to reflect on what we've heard today and how we might apply it to our lives this week. So, Think how you may leave this place, go into your neighborhoods, your homes. We all know people that need wonderful words of life. So I'm going to take a, it's maybe seem like a little bit of time here, because I'm going to take a full minute. In this setting, it'll seem long, but then I'm going to pray. Let's take a minute of silence to reflect. Oh, dear Lord, many have turned away from you and your message to us. Especially when the teaching becomes uh, too difficult for them. But we, like Peter, know that you have the wonderful words of eternal life. And we have come to know and believe that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, we pray this day that our lives and our actions will speak to our hearts. We pray that 24-7 we will live for you. If someone asks how we are, we can respond, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm blessed, I have a Savior, he's in my life today. So call us out of our apathy that we would live spirit-filled lives for you, that revival starts here and now with us, in Jesus' name, amen.